Welcome to episode 119 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about, um, well, look back on really 2007, mainly talking about my uh, top 10 favourite images from the year and also touching on a few things, uh, you know, significant things that have happened and a little about the, you know, what I would have liked to have done, what I did do and um, some of my plans for next year and some of the things that I'd like to do but not sure I'll get to. Before we get started, I wanted to mention uh, that following last week's episode on DxO Optics Pro, I was made aware of some possible issues with the anti-piracy software that also gets installed with this software. Now, I have received an email this morning from a VP at DxO Labs regarding their use of this software, and I'm much happier about the situation at the moment, but I haven't really had a chance to sort of digest the contents of the mail or follow up with DxO Labs yet. So I'm going to, um, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go into this uh, today. I will say though that DxO Labs are, of course, you know, they have the reasons for their uh, choice of licensing and rights management. And I'm going to continue to work with them to understand this a little better um, before I sort of, you know, get back to you on it. I stand by the statement that DxO Optics Pro is very useful and. You know, if you can handle the addition of the anti-piracy software, it's still worth a try. Uh, anyway, you know, I'll get back to you on that once I know a little bit more about the situation, or at least you know, once I've got my head around it a little more. So for now, though, let's uh, let's take a look at my 2007 and what I'm hoping for 2008. All in all, I'd say that 2007 has been a good year for me. Photographically, I feel as though I've grown, and we'll get to that a little bit more in a short while. First of all, I wanted to look at the technology that supports our workflows. The biggest thing for me has been the revolution that is Adobe Photoshop Lightroom. Until now, my digital workflow has been a little bit clunky, patched together with lots of different pieces of software to achieve relatively simple things on the most part. With the arrival of Lightroom, I found that I could do more, um, much more, probably around 90% of what I need to do in one application. I was disappointed when I found out that the initial versions of Lightroom didn't do a good job of handling large libraries of over 50,000 or more images. Um, but in version 1.3, this also appears to be fixed. So now I'm I'm back to using uh, just the one library instead of multiple libraries, and uh, uh, that really is just a huge bonus for me. Again, making things much simpler, and really just making me appreciate how much this software has helped my workflow. I do still export my images to Photoshop um, to basically. Uh, what I do is I save off, I use an action that I have created in there to save off a few various formats and I create my framed version for the web and stuff like that. Um, but pretty much, you know, there's not a lot else. I, I use Photoshop for merging um, various exposures, you know, to come over, the, to get over the, 
limitations of the the dynamic range of the sensors, things like that. But there's not a lot of other stuff that I really do in there. Uh, pretty much just living in Lightroom at the moment. I I start in Lightroom, you know, with the import of the images, do all of my selection and everything, uh, all of the culling that I do, and exporting to Photoshop, as I said. But then right the way through to printing and the slideshows and things like that. I do it all in um, in Lightroom at the moment. Apart from the, the portfolio slideshows that I create, which I'll get to shortly as well. But like I say, pretty much just living in Lightroom at the moment. Another major change for me um, in 2007 was getting a new PC. Some of you will remember that in February I built myself a bit of a monster PC. I'd basically been getting frustrated with the speed of my old one, especially when it came to photography-related tasks. As you all know, you know this can be pretty processor and hard disk in- intensive. So it's you get hit pretty badly when you're using a, a relatively low-performance PC. I decided to make the switch to Windows Vista as well, and at first it all went smoothly. I'd gone to a great um, amount of trouble to make sure that all of the hardware that I bought was Vista compatible and I was um, I was happy enough initially then though I found that um, there were problems with the memory the 32-bit Vista deducts the total memory of the physical of the video memory from the physical RAM on the machine Um, and you know it's basically because 32-bit windows can only handle up to 4 gigabytes of memory uh, but that includes the video memory apparently Um, so I ended up not being able to use all of the 4 gig that I'd put into the into the box and that was basically because I have two video cards of 256 megabytes each so that's 512 megabytes of, of video memory that had been deducted from my RAM so I was only actually able to use 3.5 gigabytes of RAM which seemed wasteful to me I often open up Photoshop in addition to Lightroom and you know then when you get or, you know your mail software, all a load of other stuff started up. Um, as I tend to do, it really just sorts of eat in, eats into the RAM, and I wanted to free up as much as possible. And just having this half a gig that wasn't being used was was frustrating and was pretty frustrating. So I decided to switch to 64-bit Vista and spent some more time sort of making sure that I could get the drivers for all of my hardware um, it, for the six, you know, the 64-bit versions of the drivers as well. And that all went pretty well. So I I made the switch and I was able to utilize all of the RAM, but there was one important piece of soft, what, software that stopped working and I really missed. And that was the um, Pro, Pro Show Producer product from Photodex, which is the software that I use to make my portfolio slideshows and DVDs. Um, and then, you know, enable to me. They basically enable me to easily show my photographs to others. So I was pretty cut up by this, and I did get, um, you know, I got a. What, initially, what I did was I got a version of. There's a you can download for free a version of Microsoft Virtual Machine or Virtual PC. I forget what it's called. And I installed my 32-bit version of Vista in there. But it's not as responsive as I'd like, and you know, getting the files uh, from my local system um, was a little bit clunky, and so you know, it just wasn't really the best uh, the best option. I had contacted Photodex a number of times uh, and did some extensive troubleshooting, including send- sending them files and 
other information, um, you know, from how, how I was seeing the problem. Um, I should say, actually, that the problem itself was that um, although the software installed, all of the images when I added them to the slideshow were being corrupted. And I'd been told that this was down to 64-bit graphics card drivers, uh, which I found a little bit hard to believe because every I'd got no problems with any other of the software on my machine. Um, then, though, about a month ago, I downloaded the latest version of ProShow Producer, and lo and behold, the problem was solved. And I hadn't updated my gra graphics drivers as such, but I had reinstalled Windows since the previous version of uh, Pro, Pro Show Producer. So, um, you know, to this day, I don't know if my it was my original system that was at fault or if Photodex actually fin fixed something. Um, the issue did not happen when I went back to the older version as well. Uh, so it may well be the, you know, the former, my pro a problem with my machine after all. Um, but either way, I'm just really happy that, you know, it, it's working now. And I was able to update my portfolio, which was well overdue. And I completed my portfolio update this morning on December the 30, 31st, uh, 2007, the last day of the year. So by the time most of you listen to this, the new portfolio will be live. This is one of the things that I'd really wanted to complete before we moved into 2008. So I'm pleased that the software now works, pretty much completing my workflow tools. And yeah, I'm also pleased that uh, I managed to find the time to update the portfolio. I actually chose to make um, the new version uh, of the portfolio in the 16, uh, 16 to 9 widescreen format. Um, I made it also uh, that you know the the working files, the project files, and everything. I've I've selected nine, well, nineteen twenty and um, one one thousand nine hundred and twenty by uh, one thousand and eighty pixels in dimension, which is uh, I believe the same as the full high definition TVs. So I I do reduce the the size for the web version somewhat uh, to keep the download size down, and re that really. Uh, helps not just for the the server download, um, you know, overhead or the you know the load, but it's really to keep the streaming smooth as well. Um, but for output for a TV, this makes the you know the whole thing look really so much smooth smoother. I have a high definition TV, and when connecting to that digitally with DVI, it's just you know it's very smooth, and just looks uh, just really looks the part. So. Um, I've created it in that format, uh, that ratio and that size. And, you know, it's a little bit restrictive um, when you're looking at the slideshow on normal aspect computer screens. But most people have a number of toolbars in the browser, uh, which really limits, you know, it gives you more of a letterbox size screen anyway. And even if you go full screen with, you know, when you're viewing the portfolio, the plugin from Photodex handles it quite quite nicely. It just you know fills in the top and the bottom of the screen with black, so it it looks okay, and it just makes things so much easier to have to, to only deal with one format. So this is what I decided to do. Uh, also, you know, I, I find that more and more computer displays these days are are widescreen. Most of the new models that you see are, and. I'm hoping to get one next year at some point uh, when my when my budget gets a little bit healthier again. Um, but 
you know, there's it's basically just something that I wanted to do, and I've decided to make this switch for from this uh, version two of the portfolio. So the other technology that has come my way at the end of 2007, uh, as most of you are already aware, is the 1DS Mark III, which I've been waiting for um, for like five years now since the first generation 1DS was released. I always said I was going to wait for the third generation because it's too expensive a camera to just, to just replace as often as you can with the, the lesser expensive ones. Uh, the the more I use this camera, though, the more I find myself just falling in love with it. I knew I was going to, uh, but it just feels so... It, it's already now, having been out with it for a, a few full days, feels like an extension of my arm, and it's just, you know, it's just an amazing camera. Compact flashcards are getting bigger and faster all the time, while the prices of them continue to fall relationally. This means that uh, I can now drop in an 8GB card into the camera, and get 300 RAW files into the one card. Imagine how restrictive shooting with a 21 megapixel camera would have been if we were still shooting with, say, 250 megabyte memory cards. Slow ones at that. Basically, though, with all of the R&D dollars that the companies such as Adobe, Canon, Nikon, other various, you know, the memory card manufacturers, and, of course, the multitude of other photography-related companies are investing is all really starting to work its way around and uh, you know come back to the everyday photographer who all along really just wanted things to be simple yet powerful and flexible I guess and you know that's it's pretty much now most of us are starting to feel that I think so basically at this point on the last day of 2007 I'm really happy with the technology at my fingertips and feeling that this it's just an amazing time to be involved in photography and technology in general. And I can't wait to see what's around the corner as we move into 2008 and beyond. As I said, one of the things that I really wanted to do during this year was to update my portfolio, which I have achieved. Um, although I shoot in a number of genres, I've, I find you know it really turns out that so far I've only been able to um, find the time to you know, to maintain the one portfolio. I've, I've updated it once in, in over a year, so it's, you know, it's really not working out how I'd hoped, uh, but I've decided that, you know, while I am only being able to find this amount of time, I'm just going to concentrate on the nature uh, portfolio specifically. The title of the portfolio, indeed, is The Nature of Japan, and this is kind of a play on words. I, I guess I'm, you know, obviously the nature as in you know the natural aspect but also i find that this is a lot of the characteristics of japan as well at least from the the natural side i managed to get my portfolio down to 40 images which was quite a feat as i started off with more than 200 images that i really wanted to include i was never really happy though that i'd gone over my original goal of 40 uh, when i first put the portfolio together in 2006 so I decided to give myself a hard roof for this update. Um, the, I was only two over. It was 42 before, and I remember that was pretty tricky to get to. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy that I, I got down to the 40 images that I, that I wanted to for this update. Um, I'm also a strong believer that your last year's work should always be your best. And I, you know, with that, I should ideally 
um, have been able to have created a, a 40 image portfolio from just last year's shots. But unfortunately, responsibilities in my day job and also the time that I have, um, I have to sort of invest in creating this podcast, for example, um, mean that I I just can't get out shooting anywhere near as much as I'd liked. Uh, so having said that, though, I'm still happy that uh, 18 of the 40 in my new portfolio are shots from 2007, which is almost half. Because of this, it was pretty easy for me to choose my favorite 10 shots or my top 10 for 2007 because I just had to look at the the 18, you know, these 18 images. And I added a couple that I just couldn't leave out that, um, so I added these to my top 10, I mean, uh, that I couldn't leave out, uh, although they, you know, they don't qualify for the nature of Japan portfolio. I've also tried to loosely order these um, according to how much I like them. As I've mentioned before, images tend to get higher marks, um, you know, for a short while after you shoot them, you know, in in the sort of the immediate, um, you know, future after you've shot an image, you tend to sort of uh, think of them as being better than they actually are. Uh, so to protect myself from this, um, I've added added my two most recent favorites in the first two slots. So let's take a look at image uh, 1655 to begin with, which is, uh, I'm pretty sure, going to be one of my, uh, at least in my top five, uh, maybe even the top three for the year, even after time passes. But this was something that I shot just four days ago. So I've kept it down at number 10 in the top 10. I had made my way over to the uh, Kotoku Numa or Kotoku Pond, I guess, in the Ibaraki Prefecture around an hour and a half, well, almost two hours drive from my Tokyo apartment. I'd got up at 3.30am to get over to the pond by 6am to start shooting before the sun rose. The sun comes up at around 6.50am at this time of year and because there are a number of sort of wooded hills behind the pond, the sun doesn't actually make it over the top of the trees until around 50 minutes after sunup. So, uh, what's that? It'll be about 7.40 I shot this. There are around 40 swans that winter at this pond and they don't fly a whole lot at this time of year. So I was actually incredibly lucky that these five hooper swans um, took flight and flew over the pampas grass at the edge of the pond at exactly the same time as the sun was coming over the trees. I was even more lucky here because I have to admit that as the sun hit the front of the lens, I was shooting with the 300mm f2.8 lens, and as I was sort of panning along with the swans, the sun hit the front of the lens, and I thought that the shot was lost, and you know, this one is just the last frame, um, and then I stopped because I think that I thought that the, uh, you know, the sun hitting the front of the lens was going to ruin the shot. When I looked at it on the LCD, though, I was pleasantly surprised at how well it had turned out. And when I got to look at this on the PC and saw how sharp the swans were, and you know, the balance of the sunlight and the pampas, it was just, you know, I was just really pleased that I'd released the shutter this one last time in the burst. 
The next shot, number 1647, is also very recent. Shot just a few weeks ago on December the 16th at the Ueno Zoo here in Tokyo. Here we can see a secretary bird, native to Africa. This bird, um, as beautiful as it is, does not um, qualify to get into my Nature of Japan portfolio. But I couldn't resist including this today, just because I, I love the shot. I was shooting through the wires of the cage, um, which captivates this subject. But of course, the wide aperture that um, I was using made it just made the wires just disappear. The bird stood up at one point too, and I was surprised at how long its legs were, giving it a total height of around four feet. But um, soon it, it sort of sat back down again and continued to just pose for me. I shot it for maybe five to ten minutes and it really did feel like it. I was working with a model and it was it was just kept on posing and um you know I, I couldn't I couldn't walk away from the uh the enclosure. I actually uploaded five shots of this uh subject from the series, which is about four more than I usually like to upload of the same subject. But all of the poses have their own beauty, so I just couldn't resist sharing them all. This one is my favorite of the series as we can see there not only you know we have the red face with the pale blue beak and those beautiful long eyelashes uh, but also you know we can see that the head feathers there splayed out nicely behind the bird's head next i want to take a brief look at image number 1485 in the interest of time, and because I've already spoken about most of the remaining eight images throughout the year, I'm going to just move through the remaining ones pretty quickly. In this shot, we can see a Japanese green woodpecker trying to coax a fledgling from the nest, minutes before it took its maiden flight. This shot is still special to me just because of the sort of the tenderness in the gaze there, um, you know, between the mother as she looks on at her, you know, her young. And really just, you know, it, it, it still moves me to look at this shot now. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely thinking that that, is, that qualifies it to get into my top 10. The next image, number 1532, was difficult to place in the sort of, you know, place in the other nine because it's just totally different. Um, it's a totally different genre, really. You know, it's obviously portraiture. This, um, as many of you will remember, is from my September visit to India when I was fortunate to meet this gentleman in a market and having asked for permission, I was allowed to shoot this wonderful portrait. I'll definitely never forget the brief exchange and I have a wonderful digital memory to back up my mental memory even after my own memory is lost forever. We can see uh, a shot that I titled Cosmos Rhapsody in image number 1562. This was shot at the beginning of October as we started to get into the autumn here in Tokyo. I like this because I feel that it's one of my, um, my non-macro flower shots that encapsulates much of what I'm aiming for in this type of shot. I like to search out patches of the larger scene and create my own little world within. I have added a number of wide aperture lenses to my arsenal to be, enable me to shoot images like this. And here I use the 70-200mm to f2.8 wide open at f2.8 f obviously, 
to get a minimum depth of field, getting just a handful of flower heads in sharp focus. But this also allows the rest of the scene to fall into you know that beautiful bokeh and creating a, a depth and atmosphere uh, helped here by some flare uh, or another flower head in the, the bottom right there. The next shot is number 1625 and this is something that I shot kind of on a whim on my way into uh, a favourite park in Chofu City here in Tokyo. There were a number of bamboo stalls with slatted roofs uh, sort of covering a display of numerous chrysanthemum flowers. The heads on the flowers are pretty large, maybe up to around 20 centimeters in diameter sometimes. So I just sort of got in relatively close with my 100mm macro lens and got a few frames, of which this is one. I was attracted by the light that was sort of coming through from behind the flower, illuminating the base of the petals. And I was in two minds actually initially when I um, uploaded this as to whether or not I should remove two darker patches that I'd initially added in thinking that it would add balance and you know a little bit um, of something to the shot. But our good friend on the MBP community, Landon Michelson, commented that it would probably be better without them. And as I felt pretty much the same way, I cropped the shot again to this size. And I'm really pleased that I did and I have to thank Landon for your advice. I really feel that I'm drawn into this shot and couldn't resist putting it into my top 10 today. Actually, this is uh, number five now. Um, so, you know, we're counting back from first place. So this, uh, this is actually my top five. In fourth place is image number 1633, which I shot in November with my 300mm f2.8 lens. Again, this is one of those shots that I've tried to isolate a part of the scene by getting in close with a telephoto lens, but also have added a wide, a wide aperture telephoto to my arsenal to be able to shoot wide open, as I have here at f2.8 again, without really uh, forfeiting any of the sharpness that, you, that I'm, I really require in this sort of shot. Shooting colourful subjects in the shade and using the exposure of the and you know checking that on the histogram um, has really become a large part of my shooting style and this is just another of my favourites as I feel it came together nicely here in this little slice of autumn. A shot next uh, from early October, which is image number one five seven one, and this is my third place image on the list. This is a small part of a sweeping vista from Shibutoge, which is a mountain pass which I have visited a number of times now. I shot this with my 600mm lens though, really just selecting a tiny slice of the scene. I love the layers that the mist creates, that uh, you know they're also emphasized by the way the long telephoto lens compresses the space. The colours help as the autumn sets in and that, you know, really the detail of the shot when viewed at full size and you know, especially when it, you're viewing a print is just something else. This is one of those shots that makes me really sort of want to get my act together and make the time to arrange an exhibition of my work. The tones of this shot when printed out on professional cotton rag paper are just sort of out of this world.
which is really you know that that's another another part of the reason why I've placed this third in my list. Another shot which just looks amazing as a print is image number one three nine two. Another technique that I've been using more and more is really finding these uh, subjects where, that are in the shade but with a bright background and this really came together here in this relatively simple shot. It feels just like a, a watercolour painting again caused by the wide aperture telephoto lens. I also pay a lot of attention to how the background forms the bokeh uh, or the out of focus portion of the scene and ensured here that the daffodil head had a nice uncluttered patch behind it and I also paid attention to the semi-focused daffodil leaves in the image. Any of these could have ruined the shot if placed in the wrong quadrant or you know, they'd been a little bit more in focus. My final shot for today, my favourite image for 2007 has to be image number 1438 which I titled Night Falls which is of course another play on words. I drove to these falls through a very narrow road as my navigation system had taken me the wrong way to this area and I ended up sort of scratching my car quite a bit but, and, you know, but getting this shot just as night fell uh, really made up for it. That was, um, you know, it was shot back in May of this year as the surrounding uh, trees had just started to get their first leaves and it still remains one of my favourite shots of the year so I promoted this to first place as it's definitely standing the test of time in my mind. I'm sure that there'll be some shots in this list that you'll be wondering why they're there and that's fine, you know, the, I'm often surprised by the shots that people like that I upload to my website sort of you know, not quite so enthusiastic about and sometimes I'm left wondering why people don't like my favourites and th this is how it is with photography we are all different and we all have different tastes and catering for the entire world is never going to be possible I definitely feel though as though I'm getting better uh, at, as time passes and the fact that my current portfolio is now almost half made up of work from the last year is a comforting reminder that I'm improving. So let's briefly touch on what I would have liked to have done in 2007 but could not and also what I wanted to do, what I'm thinking that I'd like to do next year. Well, having spent so much of my free time messing around with my computer in the first half of the year, I was getting frustrated that I wasn't able to get out shooting as much as I'd liked. I also wanted to spend more time getting my work out there in more ways than just via my own website and via this podcast. Uh, I've now made an action in Photoshop that saves off two copies of my, uh, my selected photos for uploads to two stock photography sites that I've decided to get involved with. And that will hopefully help to increase uh, photography income next year. So I'm determined to make that happen and to upload a few hundred uh, images or so in the early part of next year. Uh, I've also been asked many times to put together a calendar and I've, I've actually promised myself and, and other people to do this um, for the last two years and I just didn't get around to it again this year. Next year 
uh, this is one of the things that I'm definitely going to do. I'm going to commit to doing this. There is, of course, the Hokkaido workshop in January that's all planned and now just around the corner, and making that a success is my top priority for the start of the year. So I'm really looking forward to getting started on that. Uh, as far as commitments go, in addition to the workshop, getting some stock photo income and doing a calendar for 2008, they are on the list. Um, but there are a few other things that I really want to do, but I'm, I'm not going to commit to right now. Uh, shooting more is on the top of the list and doing an exhibition is also very high on my list as is uh, approaching some magazines to see if there's some or any way to get my work out there um, a little bit more, but without selling myself short. I can hear you asking why I can't commit to these last three things, uh, because they, you know, they, so, they sure sound like uh, important things to work on. Well, to be brutally honest, you're listening to the reason. This podcast takes an incredible amount of my time to do each week and I'd be hiding the truth if I didn't say that this is one of the main reasons that I can't do some of the other stuff that I feel is important. Why then do I continue to do the podcast? I, I now also hear you asking. That, that's simple and I, you know, I've, I have not created a podcast every week for more than two years just for you. I gain so much from doing this podcast as well. You're helping me to improve my photography and I'm gaining a lot more like marketing uh, for my images uh, than I could have um, possibly have done without this podcast. It helps to improve my photography every week because of these things. I have to put down my thoughts in a structured form that you can understand and benefit from. Uh, this in turn allows me to sift through what I'm learning and I, I do away with the unnecessary stuff and concentrate on the important aspects. I also find myself thinking through the shooting process much more carefully now because I'm often thinking of how I'll talk about this, uh, you know, talk about that shooting in the next podcast. And I believe that being deliberate in your shooting is for you know, any reason uh, is going to be beneficial and help you to improve. There is also the forum, of course. The podcast has attracted a wealth of talent and a lot of unbelievable people, you know, characters and just, you know, very um, interesting people to the forum. And it's truly a pleasure to communicate with all of you in there. And this is, of course, helping me at my own photography as well, as I know that it does many of yours. I could definitely do these last three things on my list if I stopped doing the podcast. But it has helped me so much to build this community and you know, I love being a part of it myself as well as uh, all of the other benefits that I just mentioned. I'd be crazy to stop doing it now. And you know, from many of the mail that I receive from kind listeners, uh, you know, I also know that, mo that you know, many of you want me to go on as well. So the last thing uh, today that I want to uh, you know, go back to committing to for 2008 is to continue with this podcast. Whether or not I can get to those last three items on my list will depend on how hard I work with what's left of my free time. 
So I hope you enjoyed that simple wrap-up of my 2007. There's probably a lot of other stuff on the list, and to be honest, I haven't had time to to really plan this as much as I'd hoped, but I think I've covered the main things. I need to say before we close that it, it, it had been suggested that I also talk about some of the members images from the mbpgalleries.com site as well. I would have definitely liked to have done that had I had more time, but when I went into the gallery to look for images that had caught my eye throughout the year, I realised that this was going to be something that I could not have achieved in the time that I had to prepare for this podcast. There are just too many amazing photos that you guys have uploaded over the course of the year and I wouldn't have been able to call out a small enough number to talk about. I would also like to just apologise quickly for my own lack of involvement in the members' galleries. I do look at the, the galleries and I'm constantly amazed by all of your work but I rarely make the time to comment and I feel bad about this. Please understand though that it's just a time thing and I I really do enjoy watching your images come up and the conversations that you all have in there. If you have a few minutes, well, probably seven to be precise, please do go and check out my updated portfolio by clicking on the portfolio link in the top menu at martinbaileyphotography.com. There are two formats. The best one, uh, unfortunately, only runs on Windows and that requires a plugin from Photodex that will be installed automatically when you try to view the slideshow if you don't already have it. If it's not installed automatically then there's a link to the you know the page to grab the plugin yourself and manually install it. I definitely suggest if you do use Windows that you turn on your speakers or use headphones because there's some nice music that complements the slides. Also, please right-click the slideshow and select full screen from the shortcut menu that's displayed. You should be able to view the images at high resolution on most monitor sizes, and it looks much better this way. If you don't use Windows, please select the flash version of the slideshow. This can't be viewed full screen, uh, and it's, it's a little bit more pixelated than the Windows version, but You should be able to get an idea of what I'm currently thinking is my best nature work as of uh, the end of 2007. So with that, I wanted to say as usual, uh, thanks for listening. And I also wanted to wish you all a very happy new year and a successful and safe 2008. And in the more short term, just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye bye. photocastnetwork.com your photography resource in the potosphere photocastnetwork.com